Who was the biggest winner from OTA practices on Thursday? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked, Locked, Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked on Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Lena McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Lena, the Cowboys wrapped up the second week of OTA practices what was your biggest takeaway from this week? You know, there's lots. Uh, I mean, we you know we'll we'll talk about some of the defensive stuff. Uh, I think a little bit next week, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So every Monday. Day is make sure every day, Monday. Monday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Every day is make sure you check it out on Monday. Um, but I, I think you know overall, my notes are it, it seems like they are uh, still trying to like work out different players at different spots. They're still trying to figure out roles. They're still trying to figure out. Um, you know, what, what some of these guys can do. I mean, there's a lot of young players on this team um, and there's a lot of, especially on the offensive side, there's a lot of new coaches. So yes. I think there's still kind of a feeling out process that's going on for a lot of these guys. And, and, and it sounds like, you know, you're getting the normal best shape of their life, you know, I, oh, I the vibes are that. immaculate, you, pro- you know? Yeah. You should probably ignore all that. I, I will say one of the things that you just mentioned was there's a lot of young players on this team. Yeah. And it's why bringing in somebody like Brandon Cooks, yeah. I think, is such a big deal. And we got some quotes from Jalen Tolbert yesterday. I don't know if you saw them, but yes. uh, Jalen Tolbert talking about Brandon Cooks and his leadership and how he's kind of helped him put away the 2022 season where you know, he really didn't get on the field. I think of everything we've seen over the last two weeks from OTAs, I think – it's just how much this team needed somebody like Brandon Cooks on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that that's a good point. You know, they, there's been such a focus on, um, you know, the, the 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 youth movement on this team and and how you know you know outside of Dak and there there's and, and you know Zach Martin, a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. Th- this is really a very young team, and and I think one thing that we've heard just you know the entire time since Brandon cooks has been here is just what a professional he is. And, 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 and it's come through a whole bunch of different forms. I mean, the Tolbert conversation was, was fascinating. Just like how cooks was so willing and so giving to talk to him. He talked to Tolbert about flushing last season. I mean, mm-hmm. he kept on referring yeah. to it as flushing it away and just, you know, trying to get it out of your head and, and focus on taking your best foot step forward. And, and, it, and you hear that you hear about just like the standard he sets, just like, you know, the level of professionalism, um, you know, one of the things that was really interesting I, that I think it was maybe it was Tolbert, but maybe it was one of the other receivers. Maybe it was C.D. Lamb. They were talking about, you know, the fact that this guy has gone to what is it, four different teams and and, and had a thousand yards at each spot. He's had a thousand yards, I think, each of the last six seasons. So um, I, I think that they, the, the, the process uh, that it requires, you know, the, the kind of discipline in your process that that requires to kind of be playbook and team agnostic mm-hmm. and still produce at a high level. Uh, that's, that's the part about Brandon cooks that, that has been really fascinating so far is just hearing just how committed he is to his craft and, and, and like how he sets a high bar and a high standard. 
uh, and how he's really trying to drag everyone yeah. up to his level and, and bring everyone along with him. Yeah, I remember in 2019 um, when the Cowboys brought in Randall Cobb. I remember Michael Gallup yeah. saying a lot of the yeah. same things. Like Michael yeah. Gallup had a, a much better rookie year than what Jalen Tolbert had, but it was one of those things like Amari Cooper was the wide receiver one in this offense, but he was like 25, 26 years old. Like he was mm-hmm. still pretty young into his NFL career. And it was Randall Cobb, who obviously had success in Green Bay, that was able to kind of be the leader of that room. And now you hear Randall Cobb talking about how much he admires Dak and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I just felt like, I mean, look at last year. This wide receiver room was led by CD Lamb, who was going into year three of his. He's still figuring it out. He's still yeah. figuring out. And it was, you know, Semi Fahoku and Dennis Houston, an undrafted free agent, and just a bunch of other guys. It probably really does help to have somebody who, yeah. who's been on four different teams and has been a thousand yard receiver on every single one of those teams being like, Hey, this is how you practice. This is what you need to do in the off season. This is you do X, X and X, X. And all of a sudden you're going to be, have a, a great season. I, I think the more that we see the, of Brandon cooks, the more excited I am about this trade. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? Is that we knew what we were getting on the field. We knew what we were getting as a player, uh, as a as a as a guy who produces, uh, you know, no matter the situation, a, a speed merchant as a receiver, we knew those things just by watching on tape. What we've been discovering is just how valuable he can be off the field, and and yeah. and how the, how much this locker room, especially that room, the wide receiver room, needed somebody with veteran talent that knew, you know, the ins and outs of the position. I mean, Ceedee Lamb again is 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 the number one wide receiver. There's no doubts about that. But he's, like we said, very, very young. So getting a guy in here who has been in the league for as long as Brandon Cooks, who has played with a wide variety of players and schemes uh, and has produced everywhere he's gone, like there are a, a, a huge a wealth of knowledge, yes. of library of knowledge that he can provide to to these younger guys to kind of give them the tips of trade, tip, tips of the t- tips, tips of the trade, tricks of the tricks of the trade, tips of the trade in order to kind of pr- produce <laughs> and, and actually get on the field and, and produce themselves. Well, the other thing that Jalen Tolbert had a, a quote about Brandon Cooks, he was the one leading drills and coaching up the young players. And he was yeah. noticing little things in the route runnings that Tolbert needs to work on and clean up. And that kind of stuff is just invaluable. And yeah, you, yeah. everybody says that's why you pay coaches, but there's a difference when there's a 60 year old guy telling you what to do. And one of your peers who's doing the same exact, exact drills showing you, hey, if you do this thing 1% better, it's going to lead to you becoming a better football player. So, again, I think of everything that we've heard over the last two weeks, I think this Brandon Cooks trade, even if it doesn't work out in in the terms of him putting up big yardage and big stats and all that kind of stuff, I think his experience is going to be invaluable. I think it already has been, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, let's get to some other notes from OTAs, including – Jalen Tolbert, who is in a little bit of a battle right now for wide receiver four. We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, Nuggets look pretty good last night. I think I would bet on them again to to win on Sunday night. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. 
FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Uh, every day, every day, or on Monday's show, we're going to be talking about Micah Parsons and how he no longer wants to lead the NFL in sacks. Okay, he didn't really say that. He's That's just he's not, not exactly. focusing on that as much <laughs> anymore. We'll discuss what that means on Monday. Then let's talk about this uh, wide receiver battle because I saw a note from Patrick Walker of uh, DallasCowboys.com that he believes that Simi Fahoku and Jalen Tolbert are neck and neck in the battle right now for that fourth wide receiver spot. The Fahoku might actually be ahead. So my question for you, are you buying the Simi Fahoku hype? I honestly view this as Jalen Tolbert hype because that's how much I feel about Simi Fahoku. Um, (laughs) I, so for me, that's hype to Jalen Tolbert because I remember last year in training camp, what Simi Fahoku was doing and and it was a lot of this, you know, and, and, and if we go back and look at what we were talking about in training camp, you know, uh, probably the, up until like the last two or three weeks of training camp. Yeah. Simi Fahoku was having an incredible camp. He was catching everything. He was running with the ones he was beating, you know, first team corners at, at times. Uh, so, you know, and then obviously he, we get into the season. He, he, he doesn't get a ton of opportunity. Uh, and then he gets injured in, I think it was October. Uh, and, and that they basically put him on IR f- with a shoulder injury for the rest mm. of the year. So, um, I, I think that Simi Fahoku, uh, is, was ready. I, I, I earmarked Simi Fahoku's name when he got injured. Cause I think I was like, he's going to come back next year and, and really, you know, put the pedal to the metal and take it to the next level. Cause he was on his way to doing it last year. So what I'm getting at is that I ex- well expected Fahoku to be two to three steps a- ahead of Jalen Tolbert, just based on where we saw the two of them last year. Uh, I think Tolbert, the fact that he's you know improved enough to kind of be in the conversation already at wide receiver four, I think bodes well. I, I think Fahoku is a guy that needs to kind of learn the nuance of the position a little bit more. But I mean, if you talk about what he is, he's a big, fast, quick player who can play above mm-hmm. the rim. And, and no matter how many times the cornerbacks went against him last year in training camp, it still seems like they were constantly surprised by how fast he was uh, because of how big he is. So uh, he has traits that are 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 very very desirable, um, and so the fact that that Tolbert has been able to elevate his game to where Fahoku was, considering where they were at this point last year, uh, I think it's 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 impressive for Tolbert. I honestly don't know what to make of this because I think Fahoku is somebody who should look good in non-contact drills, right? Because yeah. he's just so big and athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that he's having a good OTA and I, I agree with you. Like I thought he looked so much better in training camp and the preseason compared to what we saw the previous year. Yeah. Um, uh, he is a little bit of an older player, but he has not played a lot of football. So I kind of feel like this is the year, right? Like yeah. it, it probably needs to happen this year for Fahoku if it ever is going to happen. Um, I will say I, I I'd like to see Tolbert, you know, potentially separate himself from Fahoku, but maybe yeah. it's just one of those things where Fahoku, again, he has got a year of experience and it's clear he's the more athletic player. Mm-hmm. So this is a fun battle. And I, I I'm not sure we're going to get any answers over the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure that we're going to get any answers by the end of training camp and preseason. This might be something that kind of drags out all the way through the season. And maybe the Cowboys, you know, kind of use these guys depending on the game and the situation yeah. and the opponent. Um, but it is nice to see that Fahoku continues to kind of build some of that positive momentum and 
this is the second week in a row that we've heard that he's had a really nice time. And it sounds like from all the reports that he's been almost lining up exclusively with the number ones, which yeah. I found fascinating. Well, I mean, look, I think he he earned that through a lot of what happened last year. Look, I mean, did the wide receiver two situation end up as we had hoped? No, it didn't. No. Fahoku and, and Tolbert, I think Fahoku and Brown specifically, who were the, the names that we were pairing a lot last year at training camp, there was a certain point in training camp where the acceleration stopped and they hit a plateau and then it just didn't get to where it needed to be. But I think Fahoku has taken that, you know, where he was last year. He's recovered from that injury, and he's and he's continued to grow. And and I think the thing that's really fascinating here is that both Fahoku and Tolbert are also very different types of wide receivers than what you have yeah. in, in with your other three. And so I think that there's value in having all these guys. And I think that Fahoku, if he makes the team and is on the game day uh, roster, I think he sees snaps simply because he's a bigger target yeah. than anybody else that you've got on on the roster at wide receiver so I, I i would not at all be surprised if this situation ended in both of these guys being you know kind of regular contributors on the offense you know maybe i'm not talking like you know 10 targets i'm talking no, you know like, like combined they have targets. four targets yeah. a game yeah exactly i i, yeah. And I think just as a mix-up as it gives some guy a rest maybe a package or a play or two that you like to run through these guys i i think that's a reasonable goal for where they could go yeah, and maybe Fahoku has a bigger role if the tight ends continue to struggle, which we'll get yeah. to that in a second. Uh, I just have one little note on the offensive line before we move on. Um, it was the same offensive line starters that we saw last mm-hmm. week. Tyler mm-hmm. Smith at left tackle, Matt Farniak at left guard, Tyler Biotis at center, Josh Ball at right guard, and Tyron mm-hmm. Smith at right tackle. Uh, we have not seen Zach Martin practice at all. Any concerns there? No. I, I, I tend to think from everything we've, we're hearing, like they are – they're going beyond being careful. It seems like with a lot of this stuff, everything, every, anyone who's got a little bit of anything is being held off the field completely. I mean, we, have we seen Demarcus Lawrence yet? Like, I, like, think, I, so. I, I, I think the vet vets have basically been told they don't need to necessarily. Well, which is it. I think you're right, but it's interesting that Tyron Smith has been the one that's been there. Well, I think the difference there is that he's playing a new position, right? Maybe that's the case, right? I I mean, that's to get more reps at right tackle to feel comfortable if that's where he's going to end up or if he's going to end up playing swing or whatever that situation. Fair point. Uh, One more note in the offensive line, Matt, well, let's go this week (laughs) working at right tackle, but not only right tackle, but also left guard. Uh, That is interesting. I'll just say that. Yeah, not even limiting him to being a left side player, just basically no. moving him everywhere. I mean, look, I mean, to have a swing guy who could play four spots would be incredible. Uh, you know, so how likely uh, is that though? I mean, I, I, you know, I think they're just seeing what's possible. Look, yeah. again, we talked about this. The spots where they're going to see the most of this kind of stuff is in the place where we have the newest coaches. We have a new offensive line yeah. coach. They're going to try these guys out at a little bit everywhere. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about. One thing that typically happens in OTAs, it's always these puff pieces and everybody looks great and everybody's in the best shape of their lives, as you mentioned at the top of the show. But occasionally you get some concerning news. Let's discuss that next. All right, Liam, we need to talk about the tight ends. Uh, I saw a note from 105.3, the fan, that first of all, uh, Luke Schoonmaker, uh, the Cowboys' second round pick at tight end, uh, did not practice this week as he had a protective boot on his right foot he was also dealing with a groin injury last week and then we saw jake ferguson and peyton hendershot struggle on thursday 
Uh, I saw Peyton Hendershot dropped, I believe, two passes, one that would have been a touchdown. And then there was a play. I saw this was from Brian Broaddus that Jake Ferguson was on a third down play, turned the wrong way. Dak was forced to throw the ball away, and then Dak kind of chewed him out and gave him an earful. I will say this is one of the concerns that I have about just believing that you can replace Dalton Schultz with anybody. Is yeah. I think Schultz was really good. In, it was on the same wavelength as Dak Prescott a lot of times and just knowing where to be, knowing where to turn around and finding the soft spots in the zone. I will say I'm a little bit nervous about the tight end position just after week two of OTAs. A, a couple of, of notes here. One of the two drop passes by Hendershot fell right into Eric Scott's hands. So uh, it was interception. I'm pretty, I think it was, that was in the end zone too. If I'm Which not we saw that happen last year against the That's Titans. What I was just going to say flashbacks yeah. from last year a little bit, right? Uh, and Ferguson, it sounds like just it was a red zone uh, situation, from what I understand, and uh, and just didn't get good body position on the defender to present a target to Dak, which is huge. And and this goes to, you know, what the concern is and why the idea of, I think, relying solely on one of these younger tight well. Yeah, relying solely on one of these younger tight ends as opposed to trying to cobble together uh, a situation with all three may be dangerous because you're still dealing with a group. You don't have that one guy who is the experienced veteran tight end who has played in multiple a bunch of games and has seen it all. And and the reason that's important is because of what Marcus just described. It's it's the nuance it's the small things like okay yeah you ran the route but are you presenting a target to the quarterback who's scrambling for his life you know on the five yard line with two which schultz was fantastic at right like that that's one thing we don't give schultz enough credit for is he was so good at just knowing how to get open after the play was already done kind of right like that second play yeah exactly and that's the kind of thing that it's it's experience based it's it's you know playtime based and those are the kind of things that, you know, look, is playing a rookie tight end going to give you more experience there? No, but but I think what it gives you by kind of using all three is that you can cobble together a good performance if if one guy is struggling or if they, they found something on the guy. Yeah. It, it just gives you more opportunity to kind of try different things with different talented players. So uh, I'm not super, super worried about the tight ends. It's just, It's a group that's talented. It, it, there could be a lot more boom or bust uh, with with the it's position, just a lot of variance, right? Yeah, just a lot more variance, and, and and that could be you know that's what variance is. It could be a, a good thing and a bad thing, right? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think that there is some comfort or has been for a long time for the, with the Dallas Cowboys that you know, I mean, for what? I mean, when was the last time you felt? unstable at tight end you know it's oh, it's geez. been a, a long, long time, time. Yeah. so uh because I, even I, I when jason doing. Witten retired there was still blake jarwin who we were excited yeah. about right yeah yeah and and schultz i mean even schultz and at schultz, that point had had some yeah. ex- more experience than what ferguson had sure. um so i i think you know that's that's where we are is that is that this is the first time in a really really long time that we feel confident about the players we like the players that we yeah. have there uh, but there's not the same high floor that we're used to at the position. That, that's where I know. I know I like this guy a lot, but like if Ferguson and Hendershot struggle, like is this where we see Sean McEwen just Sean get more McEwen, snaps? I knew this and I, like again, he, I like him, but his floor is so low. But I think he can do everything at a baseline level. 
And if you're not getting that from Hendershot and Ferguson and Schoonmaker's having a hard time staying on the field, maybe we see more of McEwen. And I, that just doesn't make the offense overly dynamic at all. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe what they do is that they just use a little bit less 12 personnel. You know, maybe. Well, I'm, with, I'm just worried about like third and six. Like that's where yeah. Dalton Schultz was so good. It's like, okay, hey, it's third and five, get open, make a catch. I don't trust these any of these tight ends yet to be in the right spot on a huge play in the game. And that's where I think you're going to start seeing more reliance on a better wide receiver core than you had Correct. last year, right? You, you've got a, a hopefully a, a more springy Gallup that gives you more third down options because one of the things that Gallup was really good at was getting open on third downs when you yes. use them to. Yep. And obviously Brandon Cooks is another guy who has a lot of experience doing that, can get open on multiple levels. You have CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, it, it, it's not so much that you're – shifting that Dalton Schultz target on third down to another tight end. It's just that, okay, now that those targets are available, maybe we give some more to CD. Maybe we yep. spread them out a little bit in other spots. Hey, maybe you got a, a fullback in Hutter Lefke who can, uh, you know, sneak out of the backfield and be your outlet there. I, I, I was going to say more semi Fahoku, honestly. Like you can yeah, have maybe. him do some of the more inside routes if you want some more size and athleticism. But I think he's going to run into the same problems, right? He's just not a very refined receiver after not playing a ton of football. But he's played a lot of football with Dak. I and think that's, that's the, thing, the difference. Right? That's the difference, right? Yeah. In that, so he understands the nuance of at least what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Now, doing that against NFL defenders that's not always the same thing. And, 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 and it's, it's the Mike Tyson, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happens with a lot of these wide receivers is like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I know the coverage. And then they get pressed in the line of scrimmage and they don't want to go any further. So I, it's I part do of do want to remind people it's June 2nd. So they, yeah. we have a lot of time and these, we, like we know with young players, they can get better really fast. Like oh yeah. They get weeks, better during the season, you know, yeah. like that's, that's part of this. And when you're practicing every day at training camp, you can get better really quickly, but it is something to note and something to watch. Like if we continue to see some of these same issues as we get into July and August, I think that's when you should get a little bit concerned about that tight end production. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day is a Monday show. We're going to talk about some of the biggest takeaways on defense that we saw, including Michael Parsons, Jordan Lewis. Uh, we're going to talk about more about Eric Scott, who continues to put together <laughs> some impressive performances. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. You can follow the show on YouTube. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you next time.